Blog Talk Radio. Masculine Show. I am your host, Reverend Jamel A. Gilliam, Rev. J. If you really know me, let me tell you a little bit about the Sacred Masculine Show. The Sacred Masculine Show is a place for spiritual brothers and the women that love them, doing regular stuff for love, family, community, careers, and wealth. And although this show is moderated by masculine individuals, this show seeks to show the ideas and views of all those seeking to know and live the peace of God or any other name they may know it as. This show may also include a humorous and a human human side of knowing God. So those who have come to realization a long time ago that they are perfectly imperfect, you are indeed in the right place. Welcome home. And so I just wanted to uh, just say, you know, hey, you know, Great to be with you guys. You know, a few of the shows have been re- show was a show dedicated to the Purple One. Uh, but this month, you know, as I look outside, I realize, you know, the weather. We have four seasons here in Baltimore. That's not uh, the same all over the world. But here we have four seasons. And what I've realized is that really the for those who like to contemplate uh, their lives and, and compare it to uh, what's outside, them, uh, I see that the weather, that the seasons are really a demonstration of what we may go through. God has given us a gift. The gifts come in form of seasons, and and the gifts come in the form of other things, but I'm going to talk about happiness as they relate to the seasons. So right now, you know, uh, when I look at the springtime, springtime is really an opportunity for us to realize that things come to life, that things are growing. We have we have vegetables, we have flowers, we have trees, we have birds, we have all these things that God has given us coming to life. And I see spring as being that. And summer is the unfoldment. And the fall, you know, we like, I actually love the fall season or autumn, if you will, but that is when crops are harvested. And then we look at winter. And I think they all represent different things in different stages of human development. And so, uh, I'm going to, it looks like we got a few callers on. I'm going to get to those folks if they uh, choose to be on. But what I, what I want to do is really get us to a place where we understand uh, how this is a time to be happy, how this is a time to be happy. So I'm going to take calls. I'm also going to play some music. I have a few things to read. We are really going to enjoy ourselves this evening. And I want folks to just feel free to be themselves. So uh, what I'm going to do right now is I am going to, uh, play a tune by uh, the late John Coltrane. I, I love this particular song. Uh, it's called Living Space. And uh, I'll let you hear it and just kind of contemplate on it and listen to it and feel what he's trying to say without actually saying anything in words within music and sound and vibration. So here we go. <laughs> Thank you. 
And that was Living Space by John Coltrane. So just wanted to thank you guys for tuning in once again. Uh, for those who um, are interested in being a part of the show, please press 1, and it will include you uh, into being able to speak. It will place you in the queue. Uh, right now we have two callers, so I just wanted to say that for them. So we talk about contemplation, happiness, um, I'm at a place in my life as a as a as a young man, as an older young man, that I realize that it's time to be happy. It's time to be happy because oftentimes we can find a lot of things that are wrong in our lives. We can find a lot of things that aren't going the way we would like them to go, and oftentimes we will talk about it. I had a conversation with my wife the other day, which was essentially the motivation for me of doing, for me doing this show today. And the conversation we were talking about uh, really being the voice of happiness. Uh, and and oftentimes, like I said before, we do complain. And I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one. We complain about different things, showing, expressing our dissatisfaction with life. And so at this point, I decided to make the same claims, the same, to show the same emotion when I am happy. And what that essentially means is I'm going to be as, when we talk about the amount of attention, I'm going to be as happy and vocal about my happiness as I am vocal about my dissatisfaction. And I want to share that with you guys because I believe that oftentimes we're very uh, vocal about how we don't like something. But we don't oftentimes talk about the things that we enjoy. And so, you know, the word enjoy, although spelled E-N-J-O-Y, why not be I-N-J-O-Y, in joy, continuously? And I know someone says, oh, that's not possible. It is quite possible. And the reason why it is quite possible is because we get to choose. We get to choose. So I'm, it looks like I have one person I'm interested in uh, with a question. Let me uh, bring them in here for a second. Let me see. Uh, hi, you're live on the air with the Sacred Masculine Show. Did I get him? Are you there? Okay, looks like they're not there. So anyway, um, let me let me try this other way. Hi, you're live on the air with Sacred Masculine Show. Can't seem to get it. Okay, so anyway, as I was saying, really just talking about being as as happy, as enjoy as I am in sadness or dissatisfaction. And most of us we are really not uh as 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 sad as we think. I think oftentimes we have I call them adult tantrums. When things don't go our way, we don't like certain things, when things are just what they are, we will you know, we'll talk about it, we're vocal about it. And usually we talk about it to people who probably won't check us, who won't correct us, who won't say get a grip. These are people who just kinda nod and say hello. Um Myself being a uh, you know a former clinician, uh, oftentimes you just kind of hear your clients vent, and you know you don't you don't want to pass judgment. You know most of the time you kind of know what it is, but you just listen and nod. And most most of us just want to be heard, and so and that's fine too. So just wanted to say that. Uh, but but here at the Sacred Masculine Show, we are about we are all about being transparent. We are all about being 
vocal. We are all about being in touch with our innermost God. And what that really means is just being okay with that, being okay with that. It's okay to be honest about how you are feeling. I'm not saying have a fake happiness and deny how you are feeling, but I think for every so-called negative thing that we uh, we recognize that's happening around us or in us, we could probably find something equal that will also make us just as happy. If some, if there's some dissatisfaction happening and we're not feeling it, we can we could probably just say, okay, you know what? I'm going to be grateful for the opportunity. Uh, my father, the gentleman that raised me, told me a story when I was a young man, and I'm going to share it with you guys. His story was about a little boy that fell into a hole, and the hole was filled with manure. It was filled with shit. And then his friend who came looking for him, he also fell into the hole. So you had two boys in the hole not feeling good about what was happening around them. And one of the boys, he just cried. He was upset. He, it smelled. It was, he was miserable. He wasn't happy about his situation. And he was real vocal about that. Well, the other young man, he was laughing. And he was digging through the manure, and he was having a great time. And the other friend looked at him and said, man, why are you so happy? He said, well, all of this manure, with all this shit, pardon my French, there's got to be a horse in here somewhere. And so essentially he took a situation where that was full of crap and made it basically mean for him that there's something great happening at that same time. One kid is just really about your perception. One kid saw a situation that he wasn't happy with. The other uh, young man saw a situation that was a potential for something greater. So he saw, hey, all this manure here, it's got to be a, 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 a pony, it's got to be a horse, there's got to be some kind of something here we can play with and have a great time. So I think that's really how we should go through life. And I say that because, that you know, we could all find something wrong with us, other people, situations, things. But at the same time that we're giving all this attention to things that are we're not feeling great about, we are essentially ignoring the possibilities and the potential that something greater is also happening at that same time. And I'll, I'll, I'll give a thousand of examples. Uh, I could. I'm sure all of you that are listening could do as well. I recall, you know, being in situations and relationships, and I'm married now, happily married for uh, four years to a wonderful woman. But we can all probably name a situation where we were in a relationship with a woman or man, if you're, you know, whatever the situation is, and we weren't happy. We we weren't happy with that situation, and in that situation was just basically, uh, you know, we just didn't get along. You know, you just didn't get along. And so you come out of that situation, and people go through their brood. They they uh, sometimes will, will mourn the loss of, of someone else. And so I'm going to use an example for myself, basically saying now in retrospect, thinking back, those relationships that weren't so good, that really upset me, that I was really sad about, that I was off, you know, oftentimes when I struggled about the loss, I realized the lessons that I received at the same time. You know, I learned what I wanted. I learned what I didn't want. I learned how to treat someone. I learned how I wanted to be treated. And, and you know, that, that goes on the same thing as the story with the young man and the horse. I mean, we learn some things. So even a lesson, and lessons are great. I mean, we, for those of us that are formally educated, we pay thousands of dollars for lessons. So why not allow what the 
your your perceived pain, why not allow that to be uh, the catalyst for you to move forward and grow and really live, enjoy, and get something from it? I, I and, and I say that I know that's hard for some of us if we're going through something right now, but I promise you it doesn't last forever. And I also promise you that when you really think about it, when you really truly think about it, you'll see the lesson in it. And that's that's a hard thing to swallow right now if you are going through something right now. But if you think back, the tough times are what gave you your biggest lessons. You know, we're like diamonds. You know, a lump we're like a lump of coal essentially, but we're like diamonds because it takes for the lump of coal to go through a whole lot of pressure that becomes a diamond, a beautiful gem. And I don't know anyone who doesn't like diamonds. And never mind uh, how it's, you know, how it's brought about and who's, you know, who's sacrificed. I'm really just essentially talking about the rock itself as a physical form of beauty. Oftentimes, we enjoy that. So um, what I'm going to do right now, let me see if I can go back to the uh, – See if someone's waiting. Hold on for a second. You're on the air with Dylan Show. Yvonne. Hello. Hello. Okay. Well, maybe they just wanted to listen. That's fine, too. But really just wanted folks to uh, – it looks like we had a call that had a question mark, and it disappeared. Now we're just down to that one. Anyway, for those that are listening, and even if you're listening to the recording, wanted to make sure I, – I didn't want to ignore anyone, so that's why I took a second to switch over. Uh definitely wanted to um, – someone left me a text, and what they said was, walk into your season. Walk into your season. They said they survived the worst of times, and they just basically said, walk into your season. So that's interesting that they said that. Um, I wish if, you know, maybe they could call back and, um, you know, I'm going to send them back. Maybe they can call in. I'm trying to uh, basically give the opportunity for folks who are interested in talking to talking. So definitely have a conversation uh, all plan for you guys. I have uh, a show all planned for you guys, but I wanted to share some things, but I also want to give folks opportunity to talk. So I uh, was reading, there's a book called, uh, and it's written by Emmett Fox. It's called Power Through Constructive Thinking. And what it is, is a compilation of really powerful, thought-provoking uh, things that he, he writes. And I, 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 I could tell that he, you know, he wrote them kind of at different places in his life. He was, you know, but but it was very beautiful because he was really about helping people to understand and realize their true self. So um, this particular one is about uh, power, and, and and I'm connecting power through uh, basically happiness because really it's about recognizing your own power. Like I said, happiness or sadness or dissatisfaction is a choice. You can you get to pick that. So this is what Emmett Fox has to say. He says, pray regularly for the ability to pray in the right way. I am divine spirit. In God I live and move and have my being. I am part of the self-expression of God, and therefore I express 
perfect harmony. I individualize omniscience. I have direct knowledge of truth. I have perfect intuition. I have spiritual perception. I know God is my wisdom, so I cannot err. God is my intelligence, so I am always thinking rightly. There is no time to waste, for God is the only doer. God works through me, so I am always working rightly. There is no danger in my praying wrongly. I think the right thing in the right way at the right time. My work is always well done, for my work is God's work. The Holy Spirit is continually inspiring me. My thoughts are fresh, they are new, they are clear and powerful with the might of the omnipotence. My prayers are in the handiwork. They are the handiwork of the Holy Ghost, powerful as the eagle and gentle as the dove. They go forth in the name of God himself and therefore cannot return to me void. They shall accomplish what I please and prosper in the thing whereto I send them. I thank God for this. And so, like I said, it's really about your choice. The, 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 what, I've, what I've learned in my spiritual walk is that we have to stop looking at God as being the reason for our happiness. We know that God is the reason for our happiness, but we need to claim that. We, we, we say that, okay, well, I'm going through something bad, so God is also the reason for this. He wants me to learn this. The truth is God has always wanted greatness for us. He's always wanted that. He or she. I mean, let me just not give God agenda because that, that would be my personifying God and making God human. But I think we do that all the time. We've made God the patriarch. We've made God the matriarch. You know, there's all, and, and, and I'm not saying that you can't do that. I think we really have to be honest about that. But in the midst of that, for our happiness, for who we are supposed to be and how we're supposed to live and our faith, it's important that we claim that. We claim that. I don't, I don't ever remember reading in the Bible that Jesus was depressed, that Jesus was anxious. That Jesus was thinking about killing himself. That Jesus was angry with his mother or his children or his wife or his brothers or his friends or any of these people. And why was that? Because he basically claimed happiness for himself. Now, someone, you know, I have friends. I have friends, you know, as clergy. I have friends that are clergy, and they have different, you know, perspectives on that. And uh, I would love to hear from them. I'm not here to debate. I think uh, is is wonderful uh, to to have your opinion about spirituality, we all have it. There's no, I can't name two Christians who completely agree on how they see God and how they walk their faith, and and so that's fine. But I I do want, or Muslims or other any other, not just to single out Christians, but I do want folks to understand that it is important that we understand that as we know Jesus on paper written down as being the example. That is where I come from. That he wasn't sad. He you know at the end where he was uh, resurrected, he had some, not resurrected, where he was uh, on the cross, he had feelings about what was happening to him. And that's another conversation. But I say all that to say that it's important that we, that you, Sacred Masculine Show folks, have a choice in our happiness. Some of these things that's happening to us, we just say, oh, God, this is happening. What do I do? What do I do? And it's really important for us to understand that you don't, sometimes you don't have to do nothing. Other times, you just got to make the choice. There's some things that you say. And then Fox, uh, what I read to you guys, had a series of basically proclamations and declarations. And in, in those, he was essentially saying, this is who I am. This is who I am. 
So it's important that we we know, you know, why why it's important to really be all that God intended us to be because God wants us to be happy. He wants us she wants us to be prosperous. God wants us to be joyful in joy. God wants us to be loved and God wants us to love. God wants us to be all these things. You know, not sitting in the house and angry and not feeling well. I have a friend who is going through something right now and part of his challenge is that I recall even even before he was going through what he's going through now what he's going through now was frequently sad. And I'm you know, I'm for the sake of, you know, his for confidentiality, he he was he struggled. And what he also did was he would threaten to end it. And, you know, we all know what end it means and so, you know, what I what I realized for him is that he was essentially just seeking attention. He was seeking love. He wanted someone to say to him there's something else better. And we will say that to him in our own little ways. And this is something we were younger when he would, he would threaten that. But it's important that we also recognize that we don't need to go out here and hurt other people. I, I have, uh, unfortunately, you know, been around people who have, they make it their business to tell people about themselves. They make it their business to, they, they call it truth telling, but they make it their business to be the one to tell people. And that's not, that's not necessary. It's not always necessary. It's not necessary at all, in my opinion, but they think that it's necessary. And essentially what happens is they, in the process, hurt people. And I, we all know about the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the expression of hurt people, hurting people. But I also think it's important that we, you know, why not, you know, why not come up with the expression of, and I don't think anybody on this that's out there listening would disagree. Well, maybe, and I, let me not let me not just jump to, but I don't, I would say most people out there would agree that God loves them. However, whatever, whatever way, fashion, or form, God loves them. So it's important that if we are reminded that we are loved, and just know that, then it shouldn't be that hard to love other people. And 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 I say that because we unfortunately have placed conditions on love. We have placed conditions on happiness. We have placed conditions on the things that are going to make us feel great. I read an article recently that basically said something like uh, the world, you know, the small percentage of people that are millionaires and billionaires, uh, the study that was done basically said that they are essentially uh, some depressed in psychology today. And it, it, the, the article went on to go to talk about how they they weren't happy because they basically placed their happiness on things, and then when they realized that the things didn't do anything but just, you know, they they were just there, they were even more sad about that. Uh, they 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 found themselves surrounded by people who were not authentic. They found themselves, you know, in you know either in more debt or just kind of conditional happiness where they had to continuously buy these things uh, or continuously surround themselves with these things. Um, but that, that's just what happened. And so I saw that to say that even money, even things won't make you happy. Um, if you're familiar with the hoarder show, the hoarder show, you know, and, and like I said, I, you know, former clinician uh, or clinician in training or however you choose. Uh, oftentimes the persons that are, Orders are really those persons who are afraid of lack. And in the midst of the lack, they just fill themselves up. They fill their uh, environment up with these things. And, you know, it's, it's amazing what people surround themselves with, you know, books, uh, paper, newspaper, uh, animals, 
um, you know, trash, trinkets, clothes. And, I, you know, I, you know, I have a lot of books here, and I, I think it's important for us to realize that we, you know, it's, and I use my books now as a student quite frequently, and I've, I've given books away, and I've, you know, I refer to them. But what I would say to you is that that is what we do. We surround ourselves with things that we feel will make us comfortable. And unfortunately, when we do that, we aren't really truly being in integrity with ourselves because we've taken an outside source to we've made it the, the reason uh, something that we needed to fulfill us, and so I I really uh, think it's important that we just kind of contemplate on that, think about that, pray. I didn't mention prayer, but uh, Emmett Fox did, but I'm going to talk about prayer because prayer is really just your talking to God, talking to Spirit, talking to the divine, whatever name you call him or her or it, and I'm going to say it because we're not going to we're not going to just uh, uh, contain God in a box of gender. We're, that's something that the human experience is. Uh, but I will say that it's important that we not we not contain God in that. But prayer, prayer is that talking. It doesn't have to be a certain way. It's just it's just talk. It's just thought. You don't even have to really say words. If you if if you say the words wrong, you know I've heard uh, oftentimes people say and they kind of joke about it when they refer to Tupac. God knows what's on my heart. I think that was one of his most powerful uh, sayings, and that's the truth. God knows what's on my heart. God knows what's on your heart. If God is the omnipresent all-knowing and wise being, then he or she knows what's on your mind, what's on your heart, before you even know it. So you don't have to feel like, oh, I got to say it or do it this way. Just do it, as Nike says. But I think it's important that we really are honest with ourselves about these outside things that we choose to basically make us be who we really aren't. Um, It's nothing wrong with getting these things to grow, but sometimes we get caught up in it. So... uh, what I'm going to do right now is I am going to play a song and also want to um, encourage folks out there if they're interested in hearing a song. I probably have it because I have a lot of music as well. That's my other, my other thing that I have. But I wanted to um, play, play something for you if, if, if I have it. If not, I'll pull it up. Uh, my friends that are listening, feel free to text me. I will pull up the songs as well. So this particular song I'm going to play right now is I uh, just to tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, I went through a period of well, I still do love jazz, but I went through a John Coltrane period of jazz. And my John Coltrane period, you just you guys heard earlier, Living Space. In the midst of the John Coltrane period, I really enjoyed um, his music as a form of meditation. So what I would do oftentimes is. Um, you know, sometimes read something, scripture or something, and just contemplate on it. Um, and, I, and I'm really thinking, I mean, I did this frequently. I'm thinking about one book at the time when I was a student at Morgan State University uh, here in Baltimore. I would oftentimes, uh, you know, contemplate and read uh, James Allen's uh, As a Man Think Of, and that was just my way of really just thinking about what was happening to me and around me or, you know, just in my vicinity, uh, even if it were just friends that I loved and cared for. This particular song is uh, wish that God is just there. So. (laughs) 
Coltrane with a love supreme, and so that particular uh, song. What I enjoy about that song is that he's able to go deep. He goes deep. For those that don't know, John Coltrane, he was the, you know, when we talk about the avant-garde of the '60s, uh, he was one of those gentlemen who really 
uh, came forth, and because he had gone through so many challenges and struggles in his own addiction, uh, he discovered uh, Eastern religion and shared it as being a part of his music. And for some, you know, some of us we know his wife, uh, Alice Coltrane, who is uh, phenomenal in her own right. Uh, she plays, believe the piano. I have some of her works as well. Um, and so, just wanted to share that with you. Hopefully, uh, you, when you get a chance, you can really check that out. Uh, have something else that I want to uh, read for you guys. I was just um, thinking about that. Um, for those of that, those on the line who are familiar with Ernest Holmes, Ernest Holmes uh, is the founder of uh, what we call religious science, but now it's called Centers uh, for Spiritual Living. And so he says this about. Uh, happiness, uh, but he's also talking about immortality. Uh, he says, some suffer, some are happy, some unhappy, according to the way they contact life. No one judges us but ourselves. No one gives to us but ourselves, and no one robs us but ourselves. We need not fear either God or the devil. There is no devil, and God is love. The problem of good and evil problem of good and evil will never enter the mind which is at peace with itself. When we make mistakes, we suffer the consequences. When by reason of enlightenment and understanding we correct such mistakes, we no longer suffer from them. Understanding alone constitutes true salvation either here or hereafter. So that's what he has to say about happiness as it relates to immortality. And most of us, we really do want to live on forever. I guess, you know, the truth is maybe some of us, uh, forget that we can live on forever based on what we what we have given the world. And so I said earlier something about uh, just in uh, contradiction to the hurt people, hurt people. And so the, the whole expression of love people, loved people, love people. And I think that's really important to remember because we really are uh, a demonstration of the divine and God has loved us continuously. God has loved us unconditionally. It is us who have decided otherwise. And we've shown that uh, to one another, unfortunately, um, just in a sad way of how we treat each other, how we treat ourselves, uh, and, and, and more importantly, how we treat each other. So that is important. I wanted to share that. Um, for those of us out here who are familiar with A Course in Miracles, and A Course in Miracles is an interesting uh, reading because it really is coming, without going too much into it, I would definitely uh, encourage anyone out there who's not familiar with A Course in Miracles to um, research it because really what it goes is kind of like uh, a delve into the consciousness of Jesus. And I'm not contradicting any Christian beliefs out there. What I what I would uh, hope that many of us that are on the line or that are listening to this and recording could do and would consider doing is understand that there are so many ways to see God. God didn't come in the form of one book. Uh, and I say that because when we look at the dates of things being printed, people still believed in God before we had paper. People believed in God before we had printing presses. People believed in God before we had translators. Uh, there are many translations of the Bible. There are many translations of some of these other holy texts that we can name, and people still believed in God. Now, I, I was uh, talking to someone recently and they said, well, did man create, did God create man or did man create God? And I don't know. I, I, I don't have an answer to that. What I would say is that man wanted and needed something whom he or she could rely upon. 
and maybe we just name him or her God. But the truth is, is that God has been around even before that, before we had ourselves said, oh, yeah, that's God looking at us. You know, some so at, at some point, the all-seeing eye, some people discussed that the all-seeing eye was God, was God um, and that was the sun and the moon. I don't know. That's just people's representation. And, and to some degree, maybe that is that is the case. I'm simply saying that we have to stop limiting ourselves. I think it's a beautiful thing when someone is uh, proclaiming one particular religion and they go a little deeper and they use other texts and sources to reinforce what they already believe without feeling that they are essentially betraying what they already believe. There's nothing wrong with that. And I say that uh, not only as a minister, I say that not only as a practitioner, I say that not only as a as a man, not even just as the host of the Sacred Masculine Show or just a father or a husband. I say that because it is important. If we are to be the people who God has made us to be, which is to interact with one another, the separation has to stop. I'm, I'm currently in a, uh, a program uh, at Newman University, and I am uh, a doctoral student, if you will, um, but, you know, you're not officially a PhD candidate until you pass your comps. And so I'm, I'm beginning my third semester. And it's, it's interesting because the class is full of clergy, and, and, and I'm talking clergy from all over. We got a Buddhist. We got a Jew. We, have, uh, we had a priest. Uh, we have uh, all formed different denominations of, of Christians. And so it's interesting because I, I realized uh, the other day that I didn't need to get them to, degree, to, to agree with my theology. What I believe is what I believe. What they believe is what they believe. I'm not here to win over. Uh, in fact, if we really thought and, and talked with one another long enough, we probably could find a lot of things that we believe in together, that we agree with, as opposed to fighting and disagreeing and, you know, you're wrong and I'm right. And I don't need a, I don't need a stripe uh, uh, bringing in new souls. That's just not something that I need. And so it's important that we, if we really are talking about living together on this planet and working together on this planet, we have to get rid of our, uh, we recognize our differences the same, you know, that's, that's not going to work. The same way I started the show talking about we are quick, uh, realize and recognize the things that we're dissatisfied about. We have to stop recognizing the things that we disagree about first. Let's, let's talk about what we, what works together. What are the things we have in common? There's no way for any of us to have everything the same. It, it just doesn't happen. It just doesn't. It's so funny because I, I could put that statement in so many situations. So even for Republicans, even for Democrats, even for Baptists, even for Muslims, even for uh, Presbyterians, even for middle class, even for even if you talk about just the entire black race, even if you talk about West Indians, if you talk about folks um, in one country in Africa, if you talk about, you know, th there's so many things, even in that case, that we will find that we just don't agree with. And unfortunately, we get to choose what we want to make out of that. Unfortunately, it's a lot. Well, well, fortunately, not unfortunately. Fortunately, we get to choose. But all too often, people will talk about what's not the same, and will dwell on that, and use that as use that as a reason of contention. And so that that's what's wrong with us. And I'm not uh, uh, by no means preaching to you guys. I've done it myself. I, I probably was the worst uh, when I was a student at Morgan. Uh, just really 
being provocative and trying to challenge people. And the truth is no one was going to hear me or change based on what I said. It just just didn't work that way. And this is no different. So I wanted to definitely share that with you guys, that it's important that we really just start recognizing first the things that we have in common, the things that we are doing the same. You know, we all want love. So I just want to stop with that. I wanted to also share this. Like I said, I talked about the Course in Miracles, and I didn't read this, (laughs) so (laughs) got off on a tangent. Uh, Sometimes it becomes that. So this particular uh, lesson is Lesson 101 from the Course in Miracles. It's called God's Will for Me is Perfect Happiness. I said that earlier. God's will for me is perfect happiness. And it goes on to say, if sin is real, then punishment is just and cannot be escaped. Salvation thus cannot be purchased through suffering. If sin is real, then happiness must be illusion, for they cannot both be true. The sinful warrant only death and pain, and it is this that they ask for, for they know it waits for them, and it will seek them out and find them somewhere, sometime, in some form, that even the account they owe to God. They would not escape him in their fear, and yet he will pursue and they will not escape. If sin is real, salvation must be pain. He goes on and goes on and goes on. But really what they're saying is uh, one of the verses uh, in the Bible that talk about blessings and curses do not come from the same place. And I think that's the part we forget as well. We tend to think that, oh, well, um, I'm going to cuss this person out. I'm going to be mean to this person. I'm going to – and you know, nobody's – you know, in their mind, they're not being mean. What they're essentially are doing is trying to meet a need. Uh, like I told told you before, they're truth tellers. But it's important that we understand that you can't in one breath say that you are a godly person, and at the same breath, somebody is a so and so. That just doesn't, you know, is because it happens. But it really isn't possible because a so-called godly and spiritual and divine person would not treat another person, another child of God, another one under. You know, under the sun or on this planet who who requires the same love from God as we do, the way that they would treat him. So that I want want to be said. So the, I'm not going to read the whole because the, if the Course of Miracles is a very long book, uh, it's very interesting. They have daily uh, readings. I would encourage everyone out there to get a copy. I'm not by no means uh, saying that I am a specialist uh, in or, or an expert in Course of Miracles. However, I have on t- from time to time. Check it out, and it's a wonderful uh, thing to contemplate on. You can read some things and learn a lot. I will uh, end with this, and this is what they say. God's will for you is perfect happiness because there is no sin, and suffering is causeless. Joy is just, and pain is but a sign that you have misunderstood yourself. Fear not the will of God, but turn to it in confidence that it will set you free from all of the consequences sin has wrought in fervorous Imagination and, and, and the affirmation is saying Say God's will for me Is perfect happiness There is no sin It has no consequence And I think you know I, I say that I remember when mom First started talking about religion And you know Sin is really a form of Really instilling fear And uh, you know and As far as I'm concerned And just people But for children You know fear for adults and fear for children is very much a different thing because fear in children is like, wow, this is going to happen to me. So imagine as a child thinking, oh, well, I'm going to be punished. I'm going to hell. I'm going to burn. I'm going to this. It's like, wow. 
this is really going to happen to me? And I'm not saying that you can't understand that there are consequences for, for wrong behavior, but I am saying that for that, for a child, it's like, wow, this is, what you're, this is what's going to happen to me. So I didn't necessarily grow up with the, hey, you know, God got my back kind of thing. I kind of grew up with this whole, wow, you know, I'm going, this is, I do something. It's on. It's like, it's fear. And because I know that God sees everything. Can you imagine as a child living like that? Like, wow. Yeah, so anyway, we're back. We're, we're back. All of this is relevant to happiness because this is really about us moving into the place where God, where spirit, where the divine has us to be. And I really want to make sure that we're all there that we're moving in that place. It doesn't even have to come into the form of, of some of the things I've shared with you today, but it should come into your consciousness where you want to change and where you want to choose happiness. I started off talking about the seasons, and essentially what I'm saying is choose life. Choose life in all that you do. Choose life as it relates to how you treat other people. Choose life as it relates to yourselves. Choose life even when it's going to be a little painful because oftentimes we know in order for life to come through, the way that it comes through, it has to be a little bit uncomfortable. You know, that's in the form of growth. That's in the form of labor. That's in the form of just something happening. We have to be mindful of that. Choose life. Choose love. Choose happiness. So we're, we're on the Sacred Masculine Show. I wanted to uh, definitely encourage folks out there, if you are interested in coming into the conversation, please, I believe, press one, if you if you press one, it, uh, the queue will basically pull you in, and I can uh, bring you on the air. Uh, if you have a question, you can just ask the question and get off. But I wanted to open it up to that. Um, for those out there who would like to call in, the number is six four six nine two nine zero six three zero. Again. Six four six nine two nine zero six three zero, and so we're talking about happiness. Um, the, another book that really uh, was was interesting to me is the Tao Te Ching. For those who are familiar with Taoism, Taoism really um, is a very interesting. Um, it, it's you know the, it's an Eastern. I wouldn't even say religion. I guess what I'm probably struggling most with in terms of my words, but Taoism is the uh, it's an opportunity to look at things differently. And so, uh, one of one of the verses I'm going to read it to you um, is, is verse eight. And um, this particular version of the Tao Te Ching is written by uh, was well, all written by Lao Tzu, but this particular is translated by Jonathan Starr. And so he goes on to say, the best way to live is to be like water. For water benefits all things and goes against none of them. It provides for all people and even cleanses those places. A man is loth to go. In this way, it's just like Tao. Live in accordance with the nature of things. Build your house on solid ground. Keep your mind still. When giving, be kind. When speaking, be truthful. When ruling, be just. When working, be one-pointed. When acting, remember, timing is everything. One who lives in accordance with nature does not go against the way of things. He moves in harmony with the present moment, always knowing the truth of just what to do. So that's the Tao Te Ching. 
uh, is translated by Jonathan Starr, but written originally by Lao Tzu. So, I, you know, I took a class uh, in seminar, and they were just talking about that, and it was interesting. Looks like we got a question, so I'm going to see if I can pull this person on. Hold on for one second. You're on the air with the Sacred Masculine Show. Hi, Reverend Jay. This is uh, Reverend Arlene. How you doing? Hey, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing excellent. Welcome to the Sacred Masculine Show. Uh, thank you, thank you. Um, I was I I was really giving you know from the little bit that I heard um, about your comments about happiness and. Um, I, I, there's just something that I would like to add, and I'm sure that you probably already touched on this already. Um, that one of the things that I think people really kind of need to, or it, let's just say I'm suggesting, I'm not going to tell you, uh, if they can move into that place of um, loving everybody where they are. And I do realize that that is challenging, um, especially when when you find that maybe some of the things that others may do may cause something to to rise up in you. But um, just know that those those things that rise up in you are an opportunity for you to look at what's happening there within you, um, to take a self-assessment um, and... And see where that see that where that stems from because that's probably a place that you need to be healed. And if you can um, heal that aspect of yourself and be in that place of um, uh, and compassion about uh, about it, then it will move move you into that vibration of being able to love a person where they are. And that's all I have to ask. Yeah. Yeah, That's all I had to. Thank you. You're quite welcome. As you were saying that, you reminded me of a book. I'm, I was sitting here trying to figure the uh, title out. With the title, I, I mean the author, but the title was called um, something like "You Are Your Own Experience." And essentially, mm-hmm. what this gentleman was saying uh, is, we we oftentimes have issues with people for things that are going on with us that we haven't resolved. And so it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's important that we resolve those things. Just think about it. Jesus said in the Bible, uh, he is who he who is without sin cast the first stone. So, you know, some of us may have an issue with some someone or about something, but the other side of it is there's something that someone may have with us, and, and, and essentially the forgiveness that we want is really the forgiveness that you give. I mean, people are, uh, all of us are figuring something out. You know, we are in a different phase and, you know, if, if we're sitting here saying that we are completely ascended and there's nothing that we have to go through, you know, I think we, we're sadly mistaken. And so we, we have to really figure out how can we, um, how can we fix that? I mean, we, we're getting mad at people about things and, and getting angry with people about things. But then when we look in the mirror, we realize that, hey, there's some things about me that I'm sure someone's angry with me about. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I wanted to thank you for that because that really just that really just opens the door for the fact that you know ha- happiness and dissatisfaction, you know, you know, we we have to resolve those things. If we don't, then we you know we're kind of living we're not living in integrity with ourselves. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was trying mm-hmm. to find the book. I can't find it. It's, but I think it's the the gentleman. Who, the book is called something like um, uh, "You Are Your Own Experience," and I I, I can't rem- remember the author, but he was really okay. um, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, because because people are are providing us for an opportunity to be mirrors, and I I think that that I think for a lot a lot of times that that is a kind of a hard concept for people to to understand because they want to reject uh, what it is that <laughs> what it is that they're seeing. Um, yeah, yeah, but you yeah. know, go ahead, finish your thought. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. That was that was pretty much it. No, I was just going to say I think I, I I agree with you. I think people do struggle with that because essentially what it's saying is that you should take blame. It sounds like we're saying you should take blame for someone else's behavior, but essentially what mm-hmm. it, it is really saying is you should go a little deeper in in thinking about what is happening and why is it happening and how is it happening. And so the book mm-hmm. is called "You Are Always Your Own Experience." Tom Johnson. Is uh, is the author? It's an excellent book. I I didn't finish the book, but I I read a, quite a bit of it, and that's really what he was saying at the root of it. But I, I also go on to say there was um there was a minister that I, I I saw some years ago, and she said something like her name was Reverend Ruth. Can't think of her last name right now. Excuse me. But she said something like um if you're judging others, you're judging yourselves, and and that kind of stuck with me because uh. The the funny thing about judgment is, you know, we have a lot of things to say about a lot of a lot of people about a lot of things, you know, whatever. And when we when we if we keep focusing on those things, it it forces us to not look at ourselves. But if we really look at ourselves, we we don't understand, we we won't necessarily feel the need to judge other people because we're probably in most cases with me, I just kind of laugh about it like, oh yeah, I, I did that again, or I said that again, or I'm doing you know whatever, you know, just being honest. But. Mm-hmm. You're in denial with it yourself if you can only look at them because it's it's almost a distraction. Like I'm looking one direction, like you said, in the mirror. I'm just looking at that person and and what their behavior is. We're not essentially uh, we're not looking at ourselves. Um, and it, like I said, it goes back to the whole thing about Jesus. He is who he was without, without sin, cast the first stone because they were looking at him and they didn't look at or they refused to look at some of the things that they had been doing or some of their own behaviors. Um, I, mm-hmm. I came across a psychologist, and uh, you wanted to say something about that, what I just said? No, no. I'm, I'm just, you know, gentleman, signing. Henry Gregory, um, he's a, he's a, I'm going to say well-renowned, wonderful uh, black psychologist here in Baltimore, but I'm not, I, I know that Baltimore isn't the only place that can claim him, but I remember going to one of his lectures, and he said something like, um, at the root, I mean, we all know this, but at the root of anger is fear. And if in any situation where you find yourself to be angry, the best thing you could do is ask yourself, "What am I afraid of?" And 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 I've used that technique in working with with others, and I've used it with myself. So I'm never going to suggest anything that I haven't tried. And and it is is a wonderful experience because okay, I don't know why the show is cutting off, but anyway. Um, the show is about to end. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure we uh <laughs> we talk too much, right? <laughs> well, well, what's so anyway. going to happen is that if there's anybody who's listening online, then they're going to have to call in because the the show does continue after 
it ends, but it just ended for the people who are on the internet. Okay. Okay. So mm-hmm. what that says. So the number is for calling in is six four six and just wanted to say until the next time this is Reverend Jamel encouraging you to be the light you seek to be illuminated by speak the words you wish to hear and love others the way God continuously loves you okay it's counting down I believe you still there yeah, I'm still here. Okay, okay. Can you hear a countdown, or is it just me? It's just you that can hear the countdown. Okay. Okay, yeah, it's, it's gone. Wow, I I thought I put 90 minutes up here. That's weird. I knew I had 90 <laughs> minutes. Anyway, you still there? Does this happen? Yeah, I'm still here. Huh? Okay. I said, does this happen? Because I, I thought I put 90 minutes on it, but I guess not. Apparently well, not. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, technical difficulties, folks. Bear with us. So, anyway, yeah, I'm looking at it. It does say 60 minutes. So, anyway, so what do we, is it still recording, though? Yeah, it's still does recording. It What's going to happen? Yeah, okay. it's still recording. So, everything that's, that we talk about now, it, it is actually going to uh, show up in the archives when people do actually listen to it. Okay, great. Okay, so folks, for folks that are listening, uh, you heard Reverend Arlene. Uh, she definitely is a master of this. Uh, so <laughs> even though the show has ended, uh, we're still here. I'm uh, talking about happiness, talking about spirit, talking about a choice. So what we we were saying, I I, I gave the um the closing because I wanted folks to. Uh, looks like somebody. I don't know who the other. It was another caller on there, but they they went off. Okay, and they, they probably, I, I think that they probably thought, well, he's 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 remaining silent right now. <laughs> but, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure. Well, yeah, I was trying to figure this thing out. So I, I, I mean, you know, definitely, I started out talking about you know the, the choice of happiness, but I think we sometimes we we suffer unnecessarily, and I only say this because I've just you know just talking to different people recently, uh, and even myself. Um, you know, I've had my moments, but you know, in in the work of work environment, you know, you you run across a lot of people who are dissatisfied with their work, and the question is, what are you going to do about it? So I, that 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 essentially made me look a little deeper and see how could I, what could I do to talk about happiness as it relates to spirituality, as it uh, relates to growing, as it relates to just being who we say we want to be. And that was kind of like my um, my reason for coming up with tonight's topic. Okay. okay. So. Yeah. Any, I think that. Any other thoughts? I think I um I think that I think that uh, that this is definitely a a great start. I a lot. Let's just say that in my uh, consults with people, um, oftentimes they're. Okay, there's one. There was one particular client that that did not that within her family, it wasn't really uh, allowed to show your emotions, and so I think that for some people, 
that the challenge is, is like, well, you know, I don't know what happiness feels like. I don't know what joy feels like because they've spent so much of their time uh, stifling their emotions. And as a result of it, um, the, um, they, what, okay, what, what ended up happening, I, I think that because of the work that she would do with me, because, they, you know, oftentimes when people work with me, their stuff comes up. And when they're not quite ready, they they back down from from right. the back, right. back down from the work. <laughs> just, right. No, I agree. Just be prepared. Yeah, just be prepared. But um, a, a lot of what was said was that she really needed to just get in contact with with all of the varieties of emotions that um, an individual. Right, and an individual has. So whether or not it was happiness or sadness or I- anything, um, she was having difficulty having it uh, translate into their uh, into her experience. Now, um, what what I've observed um, is when a person does not acknowledge what's going on. It, it manifests in some way. Uh, for her, it turned out to be depression, and she was on meds in order to get that under control. Um, right. And and I would say that I would suggest that people, if you're one of those people who's in that particular space, that you find some type of technique that would work for you. Uh, whether or not it is through uh, talking through a counselor, whether or not it's through doing energy healing and doing the work on your own, or whether or not it's chanting, uh, that that there is no need to really stay stuck in that place if you don't feel connected with, with what your feelings are, and especially like uh, the feeling of, of happiness. Um, because let's just put it this way, our emotions, for the most part, are are there to guide us into understanding where it is that we need alignment. And when you get to that place where you're able to, when you're when you're feeling that anger and doing just as Reverend Jay suggested earlier, with uh, just acknowledging, well, what you know, anger comes from fear. What am I fearful of in this moment? Um, you know, whether or not with with anything or anyone, uh, whether or not, uh, you know, because understand that that is a story that you're telling yourself, but that, that may not have anything to do with the reality of whatever it is that you're experiencing because your your experience is internal and it's not necessarily somebody doing that to you. Um, yeah, that that's just one, one of the ways, but do go out, do something, um, or do a technique that will that resonates with you, so that you can get yourself further on in the process, so that you can get to state, to that state of happiness. Because I can assure you that uh, I I seriously have uh, you know many doubts that the source of creation wants us to be sad and depressed, right? I said and, yeah. and, and and disconnected. It just it does not it does not make any sense because. If you, uh, let's just put it this way, I spend a lot of time observing nature and in and of itself, the nature itself has a very joyful vibration 
And if we are, if the source that created nature created us, then obviously we are supposed to be in that frame of mind and we've let whatever our ideas or precepts or other people's ideas and precepts, you know, interfere with what's supposed to be going on with us. And I'm yeah, complete I, I, on I, that I, one. Yeah, no, I, no, you said a lot, but it was it was great. I think that we um, we definitely have to try other techniques. I mean, I, I guess just to re- reframe, recap some of the things you said, like you mentioned something about chanting, and I recall uh, trying chanting one, you know, a few times with um, with my children, and it was actually a great experience because it really was just something that you could participate in, and you feel the vibration lift. And so I would tell anyone. Mm-hmm. To uh, to consider that as an option. I mean, you know, prayer is always kind of one of the standards, but I think there's so many other things that you can do. I think that uh, being suppressed from, you know, feeling emotions. I w- I wonder if that person, you know, because I think what happens. I don't even know if it's about suppressing emotions. All of them. I think that they may have been suppressed from being, you know, happy. I think if they were. Uh, sad because there are family cultures, unfortunately, that love to talk about how bad things are. And uh, you know, I unfortunately, you know, it's like you get in this bitching session. Like, here we go, here we go. And, and I, don't, I don't know if you were on the call earlier, and I think that um, I was kind of kidding with my wife. And I'm very, I tend to be, you know me, I tend to be very transparent about a lot of stuff, probably more than I should be. But I think the the one thing I was saying, you know, to my wife, I was kind of kidding around. I said, wouldn't it be nice to be as vocal about my happiness as I am about my dissatisfaction? That's kind of what I was talking about. But I, but the 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 reason for this show was really about being, you know, kind of in the workplace. Everybody in the workplace is unhappy about this one person. That's the boss and blah blah blah. And it's like, wow, I'm surrounded by uh, dissatisfaction, and you know, you just kind of like become you become one with it because you're surrounded by it. So you essentially you kind of got to fight for your fight for your life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not your life, mm-hmm. your life. Um, and that's that's you know whatever you're doing. And and there in some of these cultures and even families, if you are the person who's happy or not submitting to whatever's happening, people are looking at you like, well, what's wrong with him? What's wrong with her? He's too 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 happy. What you on some drugs? I mean, they people have all kinds of things to say to you if you are um, unusually. And 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 that's a hard, this is a horrible way to look at it. But the unusual happiness. Um, as opposed to just being happy, I, I, I off uh, uh, initially start talking. I, you know, there's not written anywhere that Jesus was depressed or anxious or you know complaining. Or, I mean, that didn't happen. And so I wonder where did this stuff? And, and I'm not I'm not even picking on Christians because I think this isn't about any particular religion or denomination. It's about how we, as people, have just chosen certain things that are happening. And you know. Uh, I'll go and recap, and I'm only recapping because I'm, 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 I don't think that you were on the call, but I think it's important for us to really like kind of look at these things a little bit differently. And I think it's important that we make a choice. Um, and, I, you know, I said protect our light. We really have to protect our light. Or we're going to find ourselves just kind of consumed by it. Like, what do you do? You just... Yeah. You know, yeah. We, we, we all want better, and we have to, you know, do the work, as you say, to get that, it's not going to come. It's not going to come through osmosis. Um, it's certainly not going to come if we don't do anything. We'll just, you know, if anything, I think we'll, it'll further exacerbate the problem. We'll be more 
depressed or sad or whatever. It won't, you know. So you got to fight for our life. Um, well, it like okay. You get in the car. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I, that's really um, interesting. One of the things that, well, um, I am in the process of actually uh, doing for myself is periodically being in that place where I I ask myself or ask my body the question, what is it? Uh, my my thing is just uh, sending out love to the world, and because the body itself acts as an antenna. Um, uh, antenna, you know, you're taking on, you can take on much of the energy and the vibration of those who surround you who who are operating on a, I guess you could say, not so ha- happy vibration. Uh, however, in addition to being the, the body being like an antenna, it's also an amplifier of vibration. So, especially during meditation, if you start asking your, yourself the question and asking your body the question, what does it feel like to amplify love or amplify happiness? Um, and, and try that out for, I would say, a minimum of, of like 30 to 40 days because that's, you know, how long it seems to take for a person to rewire themselves and, and see how that works for you. Uh, in terms of of amplifying the vibration of love and happiness, um, because uh, that I I'm, I will say that for the most part, I think that that is perhaps one of the best ways that you can go about the process of protecting your light, because right. you 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 want to you the, I think that the goal of I, I well look correction I think that the goal of people should be, you know, how does my energy impact the world or impact the world around me? You want to be that dominant energy. You want to be that dominant vibration that, that just sort of like, you know, brightens the, the whole experience around you where, where you are pretty much setting the tone instead of walking into a situation and feeling like, ooh, you know, I, I got to run away from this experience. Just a suggestion. Right. Yeah. Right. No, I agree. I, definitely. That's, that's, that's a wonderful suggestion. And I like, you know, you, I said fight for your life. You said protect your life. But I think essentially it's the same in that the battle is happening. If you don't do anything, it's going to be what is, you know, you're going you're gonna to be overtaken. But I think protecting protecting it, um, is is a wonderful way to say it. We really have to be mindful of how other energies impact us, um, mm-hmm. because they will. I mean, we we don't live in a bubble. We 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 live on a uh, heavily populated planet, and it's important that we know how others impact us and how we impact others. So I, I definitely agree with that. Um, so yeah, I'm looking at the time. I I, I think I'm gonna go ahead and, and sign it off. Um, um, unless you had anything else you want to say. Trying to figure out no. that thing next time. Go ahead. No, for the most part, I'm complete. I appreciate you letting me on the line and um, to share uh, share what my my thoughts with everyone. Okay. So I am going to do another the outro again. I have an outro. And so, thank you, Reverend Arlene. Your show is airs when. 
um, One Love, One Connection, One Us uh, will air on the second the second Thursday of June. And if there is a fifth Thursday, I can't recall when, when's the next date, but uh, every fifth Thursday I have Healing Paradigms, um, which I do do by myself. So, yes, and please come listen. We start at seven o'clock, you know, um, on either of those either of those Thursdays. And the next fifth Thursday is June thirtieth, so there is going to be one in June. Oh. Okay, beautiful. That's beautiful. And I'm gonna make sure I can get. Yes, go ahead. I'm gonna I can get can get get on on that one. Uh, yes, you can get on on that one. I I'm not sure of what I'm gonna talk about yet, but it's it's certain. Um, I always aim for it to be uh, a very interesting conversation and to cause people to look at. A look at whatever they are perceiving in a in a different way from a different vantage point to actually expand their paradigm of what they're thinking. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being a part of the show this evening. Uh, mm-hmm. It was always a pleasure to talk with you and have such a rich discussion about spirituality, God, and healing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I definitely appreciate it. So oh, well, thank you. You're welcome. Until the next time, this is Reverend Jamel encouraging you to be the light you seek to be illuminated by. Speak the words you wish to hear and love others the way God continuously loves you. Goodbye, folks. <laughs>